Hey, and welcome to another episode of the Get More Students podcast. I'm your co-host, Alex Asher, CEO of LearnCube. And my name is Herbert Goza, founder of HerbertGoza.com. Nice to be here again, Alex. It totally is. And we're interestingly enough on another familiar topic today, <laughs> Herbert. Um, the topic today is where should I advertise online? And one of the reasons yeah. we're talking about this, Herbert, is um, you can really well attest, is because it was one of the most popular questions, actually, we were asked this year uh, when we were doing our Q&A sessions. Um, so just, yeah, and just to give some background um, for those that don't know us, uh, my name is Alex Ash and I run LearnCube, and we specialize in a um, online virtual classroom and online school software. And we help a lot of different online language companies and tutoring businesses, which is why this is an area that really excites me in terms of how we help our customers get more students. And Herbert, tell us again about your experience in digital advertising. Sure. Well, uh, I run an advertising agency and we help language schools and education businesses get more leads and enroll more students in their courses through paid advertising. And yes, one of the questions that language school owners and marketers uh, tend to ask is, you know, where should I be? Where should I put my advertising dollars? Should it be on Facebook, YouTube, Google, TikTok? Um, so yeah, excited to dive into this. That's it. And Interestingly enough, before we try and answer the question of where should I advertise online, I did want to kind of, um, I guess, point people as well to a our other episodes on the Get More um, Get More Students podcast. Uh, but one of those is on how to pick your niche, and I think that again always remains the most important question uh, because it dictates where you should advertise online. Exactly. But for the, the thought experiment today, what um, Herbert and I felt was relevant was to actually look at the different platforms. Uh, maybe some of those, you, you're probably actually aware of a lot of them. And if not, maybe it just kind of reminds you to kind of, hey, maybe there's an opportunity for me in this platform. Um, we'll not pretend to be experts on these platforms. And it was interesting when we were preparing for this we we it was quite clear that to, to know each of these platforms um, in depth would be quite a task and, and Herbert you really specialize in tell us the, pl the platforms that you specialize in and actually how you felt again there's a really big difference between specializing and kind of having a rough idea of a different platform right and it's because each platform kind of has its merits, <laughs> you know, depending again on your niche market. Uh, but our agency specializes in Facebook and Instagram uh, campaigns. Yeah, just because of the creative freedom um, that you that you have on those platforms, and that's a great way of you know, spreading the word and getting your message out uh, about your school, your um, uh, tutoring business uh, to the world. Yeah, it makes total sense. And I think uh, we'll, we'll definitely spend quite a lot of time on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, you did pick the biggest platform um, or, or close to the biggest platform um, in, in a big margin because Google and Facebook are certainly the outliers in terms of their um, their the number of billions of users that they have yeah. 
on a daily and monthly basis. Uh, so we were just even looking at some of the stats. Uh, so, you know, how many people use Google? Well, Google is also, you know, G Suite. It's uh, but Google Search is the one that we were kind of focusing on in terms of it's the one that a lot of people know. Google Ads. Um, but uh, Google has 2.6 billion users of Chrome, the browser alone. And so the number of people that would use Google as a search engine would be bigger than that. Um, so it definitely makes it the biggest platform in terms of overall number of searches and users. Um, but it's also quite different, isn't it, Herbert, in terms of the stage of somebody's buying cycle. Do you want to just mention that? Absolutely. I mean, Google is such an effective uh, platform to advertise on because you really are targeting the top two, maybe three percent of the market that is in buying mode. You know, they want to purchase. They're actively looking for a solution and typing it into Google. And and that's why it's so effective. But that's why it's so competitive uh, and also, uh, it can be very expensive depending uh, on your niche. That's right. Um, what we're going to try and do today is maybe go through some use cases as well as to when Google Ads kind of makes sense. Uh, I think you've already kind of alluded to it mm. in terms of if you're doing a Google Ad, you can afford to be talking at a different level compared to any of the other social media platforms, actually because of the different stage in the buying cycle. So when, and I think if you reflect on your own recent searches in Google, you'll find that they're actually very targeted, right? So they're very they, targeted. Yeah. They will very much hint to an action like, um, you know, movie reviews um, or um, what else have I done? You know, buying up tennis for, balls yeah. in London. Yeah. <laughs> okay, wow. Wow, that's very specific. It's very specific. But I, I think you can imagine as well, and let's say it's in the tutoring space, it will be, you know, um, maybe it's like free math help. It might be, but then it might go from something from free to like math tutoring. You know, I'm, I'm wanting to buy math tutoring if I'm putting that in Google. Whereas if I'm putting it in another social media platform or if I'm using a hashtag, it's typically a softer search. It's um, uh, And also there's a lot more discovery in the other platforms. So Google really does have quite a remarkable um, point in, in the person's buying cycle, isn't it? Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I, I don't think really any of these platforms should be used as a standalone. Yeah. I think they all have their place in an overall online marketing strategy. And I mean, we actually do uh, do some Google uh, ads um, with our clients, but usually we do retargeting through Google. And really, by by being on Google, Facebook, and Instagram, you are you basically reached ninety percent of the internet. I mean, that's it, right? Those yeah. are the the two biggest platforms, and that's why, especially with retargeting, um, getting people wherever they go online. Um, can be very effective. I think that was a really good differentiation, Herbert. Do you want to take us through the difference between I want to advertise on Google and then what that means compared to a campaign versus a retargeting campaign, like an ads campaign versus 
an ads retargeting campaign because they're slightly different as well, right? Right. I mean, retargeting, uh, you are uh, keeping in front of people who have already engaged with you, whether that's through your website, uh, through uh, maybe your social media profiles, they've or clicked on an ad before, and you're really pushing them to take action, to enroll in the course, to sign up for a free trial, to um, whatever that is. Uh, with your other kind of colder campaigns, um, I mean, on Google, it's a bit different. Again, you know, people are coming to Google to, to find a solution and you've really got to nail your ad copy on Google. That's so important because you only have a limited number of characters on Google. You know, you can't write a story or a narrative or a huge testimonial, testimonial like you can on Facebook and Instagram. You got to keep it succinct and precise and direct. Um, so people know exactly who you are, what you offer, and what the next step is. So, yeah, it's uh, also technically very different, Google, um, compared to, to the other platforms. But uh, obviously, Google is a fantastic way of uh, marketing online. It's uh, People spend hundreds and thousands a month on or millions a month on Google Ads. So, yeah, as part of your whole marketing mix, it is of course, uh, one of the platforms to consider. One of the other things you said that I thought was quite clever was just how you mentioned this idea of directness. Do you want to pull that out a little bit more? Because I think if you think about how much more direct you can be on Google compared to another platform, I think it's really useful to kind of differentiate the level of awareness somebody has on Google or the awareness of what they want to purchase um, on Google compared to, say, another platform? Yeah, I mean, again, you, you really only have a short space of time to uh, for your message to resonate. And if, if someone is typing in, I don't know, English courses in uh, London, then you better make sure that, you know, your ad copy is exactly that. Yeah, um, I can solve that, right? <laughs> yeah, I could. No, this is... You know, uh, we offer English courses in London uh, at this price or take a free trial lesson, um, central location, the number one rated school in London. Uh, give me the exact information I need to make a, a decision on the next step to make. You know, whereas, say, on things like Facebook and Instagram and you know, other platforms, you know, you have a bit of liberty uh, in terms of you know, what you write. You can tell stories. You can kind of ease into uh, into things um, because you're trying to develop maybe uh, interest, awaken desire uh, much more slowly because people aren't actively searching for a solution on Facebook and Instagram. You know, they're scrolling through friends' posts and families' uh, uh, videos and wanting to see uh, funny things like uh, memes and cat videos as well. So you've really got to also attract their attention, um, but it doesn't, it shouldn't be too direct. Uh, I mean, and this depends on uh, the stage of the buying um, cycle they are in, but for awareness, you've got to pique their interest and get them to consume th- your content. 
I think that's a good segue to your really deep knowledge of Facebook and Instagram. And maybe we start with what are users there for? Like we've really identified that on Google, typically I'm there because I want a problem solved. Yeah. And I don't mind other people that I didn't, you know, the whole, whole idea is here's my problem. I'm open to solutions. Exactly. And that's yeah. very different to Facebook. I'm not on there <laughs> to find solutions to problems I don't know I have. So no. when I get an ad, you're interrupting me from what I'm there for. Now, do you want to just describe why why are people on Facebook? What are their what's the, where's their head at? Right. I mean, I think that's that's changed over the the last I don't know, say five, six, seven years. You know, Facebook used to be a very kind of social platform, connecting with friends and kind of seeing what people are up to. Uh, and it still is that. Uh, but it, it's changed slightly uh, and it's gone. Yeah, it, it, it's gone in a few different directions. I mean, for example, Facebook groups is, is huge. And I know that a lot of people in all ages, all niches and industries use Facebook groups um, to build communities. Uh, fantastic way uh, of doing that. And also to, to gather news, um, to be distracted. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. a great platform, that and Instagram, to be distracted and to just uh, switch off. And so that's why you kind of need a, a different strategy when it comes to advertising on there because uh, you've got to um, interrupt people um, when they're in that mood, so to say. Yeah, but I think you've kind of alluded it to it already. Uh, interrupt in in a way that is entertaining and interesting, because that's what I'm yeah. there for. Because I'm, I, from my understanding, Herbert, and maybe you can kind of either dispel it or, or even kind of add on to it. But it seems like Facebook is there, um, yeah, to to solve my my problem of boredom, and so I'm I'm a lot more open to distractions if they're interesting. Exactly. But I'm really anti boredom. <laughs> so if there's yeah. a boring mm. end, that's mm. really interrupting my enjoyment of the platform. And Facebook will really punish the advertiser. When I say punish, I mean by not showing ads when somebody is not interested in those ads. So the ads need to be somewhat, they, they need to grab attention, hold attention, grab curiosity show some form of entertainment because that's my mentality when I'm 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 looking at at Facebook is that how you would describe that's, it or uh spot on uh and because you know I, I I can tell you from experience you know when when a lot of language schools um, or education businesses you know, first get into or experiment with with Facebook and Instagram ads you know they don't know the information that you know we've talked about over the last month uh, last months uh, about you know what to have in a high converting ad, and so they use possibly a stock image from the internet. They they write a couple of words, something like enroll in an English course, and it's very uninspiring. It doesn't awaken my desire, my interest. Uh, it's not entertaining at all, or insightful, or valuable, and so people just scroll past it without a flicker because they know it's an ad. Mm. Um, yeah, and, and I guess the, the method that we use with our clients is to make it seem as authentic as possible, like a friend's post. And so people stop scrolling with their thumb. They are, 
uh, we grab their attention with the creative, of course, a, a, tes- a testimonial video or maybe a funny video or, or um, a student photo. And then with the headline and, of course, the ad copy that kind of draws them into our world and, um, yeah, gets them to click. Uh, that makes a, a lot of sense there, Herbert. Uh, what I was wondering is then the difference. What's Where's my head at when I'm on Instagram then? Again, uh, Instagram is very, very visual uh, you know, you, for photos, videos. And so pe- pe- people want to be entertained. It's it's the same, th- same thing, but uh, I guess on a, a, another level on Instagram, just because it's such a visual uh, platform. And yeah, we have seen um, that that video. Um, obviously, people love to consume video, uh, especially with the birth of platforms like TikTok, um, which is purely video. Uh, yeah, and making that effort and the investment into getting high quality video assets for your school or tutoring business. Yeah, so I mean, again, if you're on Instagram and a lot, so we we were looking at this, and, and certainly Instagram does have a, a slightly higher weighting with with female users compared to male users, um, even now. Um, so if your posts are not highly visually interesting, mm. there's you're not going to perform well on Instagram. So that immediately tells you, hey, these are the things I'm going to need to be able to be successful on these platforms. Um, I'm wondering there as well, maybe we could provide some examples from your experience on both of these platforms, Herbert, on what's the use case of how do we peak uh, engagement or peak interest in Facebook? And then also, if you're using the same ad, how that can also work for Instagram, or if there's a difference in how you would uh, approach those two things. I mean, you can use the same ad on both platforms. I mean, Instagram has a couple of other features like uh, Instagram Stories, uh, which are very popular. So um, that's a format in it, in and of itself. And a lot of clients uh, use Instagram Stories to, um, you know, really capture people's attention just because they, one, they take up the whole screen. You have you get really a uh, bang for your buck. Um, whereas on, on Facebook, usually it's a, kind of like a square image or, or a square video. Um, yeah, I mean, again, a narrative storytelling is, is, has been very effective. Long form copy, which sounds counterintuitive because who has time to, to read long copy, copy, but if it's, basically from the student's mouths and it uh, uses the language that your prospective customer would use and it kind of catches them where their head is at already. It can, it's extremely effective to use uh, long-form copy. Um, obviously, uh, breaking the cycle or in- interrupting through headlines that maybe ask a question or are controversial or intriguing or um, debunking a myth, something like that. Uh, yeah, all of these kind of tips um, and strategies are great for 
high converting ads on Facebook and Instagram. So it sounds like curiosity and discovery are two mm. really important kind of maybe themes to kind of think on when you're, when you're kind of advertising on these uh, different products. Um, let, let's also go through some of the other platforms um, that are out there. Not that we are going to be expert on these, <laughs> but simply to provide a, a bit more completeness to this conversation. And also to maybe uh, put the put the onus on, on, because I think in the end, we're also going to come back to where should I advertise? And it's going to be how well do you know your users and mm. how well can you use the tools, these communication and social media tools to be able to access your, your ideal customers. So I want to highlight that while we're kind of having these conversations about these other platforms. So let's talk about some of the other ones. Um, Twitter was on there, Herbert. Yeah. What's I mean, standing on A on Twitter and where are people's heads at when they're on Twitter? Right. I mean, full transparency. I don't or we don't have a lot of experience uh, using Twitter as a paid platform for, for language schools and education businesses. Uh, I haven't come across a, a language school yet uh, that has been able to leverage Twitter effectively uh, or measurably. So, I mean, I guess that can tell you something on in terms of, I, I guess, that target market, the more B2C uh, target market. But, you know, Twitter has its place. It's it's a more, uh, it's, it's where people uh, exchange opinions, uh, you know, dialogue, it's more about news and, and, and things like that. So the, the type of user that is on Twitter is, is very different to the type of user on Instagram, for example. And so if your product or service fits into kind of that area and your target audience use Twitter to express their opinions and, and to exchange information, then it could be very effective. Uh, we were talking about, I think, a uh, an example of that, Alex, uh, before. And the only one that comes to mind, and uh, th- this is a, a real-world example from, from someone I talked to, is targeting higher education uh, so teachers and professors, for example. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, again, you sort of have to... With, 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 I mean, we were having a look at the high-level stats on each of these platforms before mm-hmm. this, and it'll be very hard to make a decision just based on stats because it's, nah, in yeah, a way, irrelevant. Right? So, mm. if, uh, say, TikTok has 700 million users and Facebook has 2.8 billion users. That doesn't say that one of these is wrong and one of these is right. No, not you're, at all. You're not going to be able to serve 700 million, so it's, it's irrelevant. <laughs> Um, it's, it's all going to be about how you use the tool. And likewise, Twitter, ooh, it's probably about one-tenth of the size of users uh, that, say, Facebook mm. has. Mm. But that doesn't mean it's a bad platform. And, and likewise, yeah. I, was, uh, you've, I, I think the key thing here, and, and I'm not an expert, but I think what can really give you an idea of, like, hey, where should I advertise? If you're on Twitter already, well, that probably gives you an advantage because... Maybe you really understand it. Your competitors don't understand it, so they're not advertising on it or they're not using it appropriately. And I think that can be a real advantage. So every single platform 
has an absolute sweet spot for language schools. Uh, Absolutely. And it's not for us to say one is, mm. is going to be better than the other. But if you're uh, possibly like uh, Herbert and I, we're probably just more exposed as users of Google, Facebook, um, rather than, say, TikTok or, or Snapchat. And so I can't speak from experience, but if you can, wow, then you've got a really interesting market because there's a lot of people that won't be able to follow where you go on those mm. platforms. Definitely. Oh, that's a good point. And, yeah, I mean, the the, the buzz in the, the online marketing world is uh, centers around you know, TikTok at the moment just yeah. because of its uh, explosive growth in terms yeah. of users uh, in the last you know, year or two. And everyone's asking. Should I, should I be on TikTok? Should I be, you know, spending advertising dollars on TikTok? Um, again, <laughs> it, it, uh, it really depends on one, your, your niche audience. And also two, if you're going to, um, have the resources to use it properly. You know, there's yeah. nothing worse than putting a, a very corporate video on TikTok because that's just gonna, you're gonna waste advertising dollars. Yeah. Uh, you know, TikTok is fun. It's very, very trend driven. You've got to know what the latest TikTok trend is and leverage that, uh, in a very short time frame before it's out of trend. So, uh, you've got to be in that world and you've got to, um, kind of play by its rules, so to say, um, to, to be effective. I think one other way of looking at this is really put yourself into the user's shoes and figure out what would they have seen just before they see my ad. And mm. if they've just seen, you know, and I'm, I'm not even going to date myself by providing, <laughs> but if they've said, um, if they've seen just a fantastic, funny as video, um, just before they watch your dreary, you know, t five second, you know, clip of your, reception of your language school or your tutoring um, organization yeah. you're going to be kidding yourself if you if yeah. you're expecting some kind of result mm -hmm. and it'll be the fastest way to flush money down the um, down the tube by the way okay. these platforms are incredibly efficient at taking your money so they'll oh, find yes. a way of using it but the, you're <laughs> not going to get any good customers from it. <laughs> no. No. um so Again, that's not that's not to say tiktok isn't uh, a good platform for you uh I mean, again, it really depends. I know that a lot of e-commerce, like product-based businesses, do very well, especially with TikTok's younger demographic. Uh, whether or not uh, it is effective to advertise, you know, paid advertising for language schools and tutoring businesses, I'm still open on that. I'm watching and monitoring the situation. <laughs> I think, I mean, it could be great if you're, if you're the, like, let's say you're a math tutor and you can come up with visual fun ways of doing math. Mm. I think that would be totally appropriate, right? Absolutely. Like, let's yeah. say that you created these remarkable, um, ways of doing experiments or something like that, that were actually really kind of fun and interesting and we're using yeah. things that, um, kids these days are interested in it would be totally the right right place and you would smash it because nobody else would be able to follow you um, but again you're not going to use that exact same ad on let's say the next one that we talk about uh, which actually is is not too too dissimilar in a way youtube right so this is for as long as you want to uh, watch a watch a video you, you can watch it on on youtube so uh, 
let's have a think about where are people's heads at with YouTube? Well, YouTube kind of acts like a search engine as well, right? Oh. It's, uh, I mean, people go there to be entertained and, and get distracted and maybe waste time. But people also, you know, type into YouTube, whatever, uh, uh, grammar mistakes in English or uh, German basics or you know, phrases, idioms in Spanish. And so people want something, they're actively searching. So I would say that they're probably more in the consideration stage of the, the sales funnel. And yeah, YouTube can be a great way of uh, capturing that audience. Yeah, I mean, it sort of works on a similar basis to a lot of the other platforms. Like, being entertaining is always going to be to your advantage if you're on, on YouTube, for sure, because it's so visual. Um, you've got to make sure that you make the most of the visual aspect of YouTube as well. Um, although I have heard of people just do, for example, even just podcasts, and that people just open on YouTube and just leave the audio running and, and kind of do whatever yeah. they're doing. So it, it can work a number of different ways, but I, I can already think of at least three ways that – or categories of, of ways that I would use YouTube. So one being entertainment and, mm. and sort of, I know a lot of my friends as well would use it just as a free way of just getting some, some fun visual entertainment from people watching, you know, video trailers or movie trailers or, um, shows or game shows or something controversial in the news or, but then there's another category which is, um, on the certainly on like wanting to learn i actually think a lot of people yeah. use youtube to learn absolutely it's very educational absolutely because it also it, it i mean learn learn how to cook for example <laughs> i go there far too often uh, to try and figure this out it's 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 preferable because i i like having the visual cues as yeah. stuff. but a lot of people do it for instructional videos and, and mm-hmm. so then it again it sort of alludes itself to if i'm wanting to watch a lecture you know youtube's a fantastic place for me to kind of uh of, of listen in and learn something so i think it can work definitely both ways um but again you have to kind of think what has what has this user watched just before they watch mm-hmm. my video and so if your title and, and your video are on things that are just so at odds to where that person's frame of mind's at it's going to be a waste exactly. um other platforms include um snapchat Again, not one that I'm intimately, um, you know, involved with, <laughs> but it, there isn't, I mean, it's in the title, right? Like a, a big part of the Snapchat, um, draw is the fact that it's, it's fairly instantaneous. It's a lot more about being in real time. It's about not leaving a digital trail and sort of being, being yeah. present in what's there now. So again, totally there's an opportunity for it and the people that make it will, will, will really have a massive advantage because people will find it very hard to copy. But you have to play by the rules of Snapchat. What is somebody expecting on Snapchat? You're a part of the Snapchat product then, right? And if a user expects content that is relevant to right now and you're saying, you're, you're delivering the same content that you're doing on YouTube, which has it's either an evergreen bit of content, which means there's nothing about it being interesting or urgent. Um, then it may not be the right context for, for using Snapchat. So uh, I think that's one way to look at it. And I, I think we could talk about Pinterest, again, a very vis, um, visual, visual social media channel. 
But again, what are people doing? They, they're typically curating and gathering ideas and thoughts. So again, could be totally relevant to language. I mean, you could imagine vocab being in a wonderful place for using uh, Pinterest if people are so inclined to do that. And again, a lot of these social media um, platforms have just hundreds of millions of users, and, and you don't need hundreds. You just hundreds of millions. You just know. might need hundreds. Yeah. Um, so that could be totally another platform for you, but you're going to have to figure out the rules of the game um, and know a way of being able to address that target market. The last one I think we should talk about is LinkedIn because, again, we do have probably a little bit more experience with this platform. Um, tell me about your experience so far on this, Herbert. Yes. I mean, I can talk on both the organic side of LinkedIn and also the paid side. Um Let's focus on the paid advertising. So mm. This is kind of like, where should I advertise online? Right. I mean, obviously, LinkedIn is for working uh, professionals, business professionals. Uh, great audience if you're in the B2B space or you're targeting um, uh, business owners, business professionals for business English courses or maybe uh, specific uh, courses English for sales or accountants or um, et cetera. And yeah, it can absolutely uh, be effective. It is, again, a very different beast. You can't use what you used on Instagram or YouTube or TikTok um, on LinkedIn. Um, it's got to be made for LinkedIn and you have to adhere to, to LinkedIn's rules for advertising, of course. And I find, or at least from my experience, LinkedIn is definitely stricter um, or more strict when it comes to what you can advertise in terms of video, photos, and, and the ad copy. Uh, and it is quite expensive, yeah. <laughs> uh, which kind of makes sense, right? You you would think that you're targeting a uh, a market that, is is willing to spend more for a solution, so LinkedIn obviously can charge more for uh, advertising on its platform. I think one thing I've learned the hard way, and uh, I think it's relevant, is that with LinkedIn, the temptation is that, oh, it's full of professionals, so if I just advertise, then I'm advertising exactly to the right market. <laughs> and I think it misses... And I think that's what you might do in Google, but you wouldn't do in LinkedIn. And I think people really, it doesn't work very well. Like trying to do a very direct ad in, in LinkedIn. Mm. Because again, somebody's headspace is not, I'm looking for solutions when they're looking through a LinkedIn feed. So if you're like, hey, here's another solution. Here's my solution. And here's everything about me. It's interrupting the reason that somebody's there. And so... The feed is really important to understand. And in LinkedIn, a lot of what LinkedIn's come to be is like, hey, how can you help me with my professional growth and life? So exactly. if you fit in with that, you're going to be successful with those. And those ads can be, but they're going to be probably more like inf informative ads and brand. Or educational, ads. yeah. But they're uh, not going to be just buy my stuff. No, definitely, definitely not. And likewise, they can't be too hugely, I mean, I've seen some really interesting blowbacks recently of, and people really pull you up on it if you try and put something super controversial, particularly like political, or even oh, the yes. opposite, really <laughs> personal, and like, 
you know, you even see people saying, hey, this is not Facebook. Don't put yeah, your Yeah, it doesn't here. belong on LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and it, it's, it makes sense because you're interfering with somebody's experience when you interrupt them, and particularly if you interrupt them in a really in a really significant way, there's going to be yeah. some real lash out. Yeah, and it's not in a professional good. setting as well. Yeah, exactly. So um, I hope that we've tried to answer where should I advertise online, not because we've been perfect and and um, experts on every single platform, but I hope that we've given enough of an idea on uh, where to look um, and how to think about where some opportunities might lie. Um, how about you, Herbert? Did you have any kind of last words of wisdom? Yeah, I know. Uh, I, I guess really this uh, podcast was to inform, um, you know, listeners about the possibilities uh, and maybe get them to think about, uh, again, you know, their, their target audience and where, where they are spending time online, how they're consuming uh, content. And that will point you in the right direction on which platform would be suitable for you. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode where we talked about the different platforms that language schools and tutoring companies can advertise online. Hope you got some uh, insights into what platforms would be great for you to get more students. So each week we aim to give insights, inspiration and motivation. And I hope you really got that from today's episode. We release a new episode once a week. So make sure you hit the subscribe button to this podcast and we look forward to seeing you next time. Catch you next week.